Welcome to Birthplace Roundup, your weekly update on campus media. I'm Nico Fasella. And I'm Carly Crane, co-sports idol of a Springfield student. And we are here. Um, we have someone, or we have three different people talking from three different clubs, SCTV3, the Springfield student, of course, Birthplace Studios, here to give you your media roundup. And to jump right into it, um, recently, to start the spring semester, Springfield College announced that professors are required to wear the KN95 masks, and I have your story right here. Springfield College announced that faculty on campus are now required to wear the KN95 masks. These masks are considered one of the most protective masks available, and with students coming from all parts of the country for this semester, health and safety remain a priority on campus. Heather Hitchcock is the administrative assistant in the science department, and she appreciates Springfield taking the extra steps to keep her safe. It makes us feel safer when we're around all the students and everybody's sneezing and coughing and crowding in hallways. We just don't really feel that we need to keep pulling up our masks or that things are getting through them. Springfield is following in the footsteps of most, as SoFi Stadium, where the Super Bowl will be played this year, is handing out free KN95 masks to visitors. Along with this, Twin Rivers Unified School District has required KN95s for both professors and students. While students are not allowed to wear cloth masks here at Springfield, giving faculty KN95 masks will hopefully make them more comfortable with keeping classes in person instead of on Zoom. They received more and we got 70 KN95 masks for our department and everybody's really excited. Yeah, honestly, I'm not really surprised because um, I think a lot of students are wearing them around campus, but it is very hard to find the KN95 masks. I know I, that two yeah. like, different departments have received different amounts. And I mean, the, the question that I got from this is, do you think that this is something we could see students being required to? I mean, students aren't or we can't wear cloth masks anymore. But do you think they're going to bump us up to requiring us to wear KN95s? I feel like it might be a good idea, but also it'd be very hard to make students required because they're so hard to find. And they're also kind of expensive. Like I just got a pack of five on Amazon and they were like 15 bucks. That's absurd. Yeah. Like that's so expensive. So I feel like it'd be very hard financially for many students. So if the school like provided them, then maybe. The one issue with it being that they're disposable masks, it's not like they can send us three and then we'll be set for the semester. Whereas, like I said, these professors, they were receiving multiple and they're going to, uh, I'm assuming they're going to keep getting them over time. But for right now, it's, it's difficult to manage the student body in that way. And I think it's just going to be something where if we see, if we see COVID levels rise, that could happen. There's a lot of different possibilities, but I think for right now that the professors wearing the KN95s, it shows that they're definitely trying to keep classes in the classroom, that Zoom is definitely trying to be a part of the past now. Yeah, they definitely want as much in person as possible just because we're so tired of Zoom. Like for so long, everything was online. I think that the college is really trying to make it feel like a community this year. Yeah, and I think for, I mean, might be a little off topic, but talking about your classes this semester... I only have one on Zoom, and it's been, I don't know about, about you, but it's been weird seeing the amount of people on campus, like seeing people walking through buildings and such. Yeah, I also have one class online, yoga, which is kind of same. Str- yeah, <laughs> kind of strange because we're doing like fitness online, um, but yeah, there's so many people on campus, it's very much a different kind of atmosphere, but I like it. I like, it feels more of a community. Hoopal was like that too. That was the first time I saw like 2,000 people in one room in like two years i don't remember the last time i've seen blake arena that filled yeah i think it was that game that basketball game where they went to the where they almost went to the tournament yeah yeah but it's good to have everything back on campus and another thing that 
we've seen change is uh, the union. Union had a little mini makeover. We have the pod, the grocery store on campus, moving. It was originally upstairs, now down in the union. Along with that, having the Amazon lockers right next to it, making the postal service a little bit easier when picking up packages. What are your thoughts on that? I think that many people are upset about the new pod. I think that it's very small. It doesn't have as many options. Um, I think the different location. I think that's good because it's right next to the bookstore, but it's different. I think it's going to take a while for people to get used to. It is. It is smaller, which isn't the greatest. But then again, I think every like, have you gone into the pod yet? No, I have not. I, I everything they have, it's pretty. You know, it's it's basically what you'd want. I mean. I don't think a lot of people were going to the pod before and getting a lot of canned items, you know. <laughs> so you're getting your quick snacks, your quick meals, basically anything you're going to need to survive in a college dorm. And I kind of like it a little bit more just because you kind of have everything that the students need in the union in one spot. Like if you want to get food, you can, no, ma- no matter where you go. The lockers, I think it's another step in the right direction because the postal service, it can be a little bit of a pain sometimes. And having it this way makes it a little bit less contact. Where you just show up, you have your locker, you get your package. It's simple as that. Yeah, and everyone orders stuff on Amazon all the time. Like you just see people on campus with Amazon boxes, like every day, because it's so easy. And Amazon Prime is pretty cheap for college students. It's like six bucks a month. And like I said again, with the postal service, where even with Amazon Prime, depending on what how much traffic is down there, you might not get your package till the next day. So again, it avoids traffic downstairs. At the same time, the union is where everybody is. I think it's good to have you know, your your campus grocery store and not, you know, the main postal service, but, you know, you have a way to pick up packages there where students can just go downstairs in the union and have everything they need. Yeah, it's like the main social building on campus, arguably. That was a quick sneak peek into SCTV3 this week. If you want to find the rest of our show, our Twitter is at underscore SCTV3 with a link to all our shows from this week all the way down. You can go three years prior. Um, But I'm going to be handing the headset to Chris Gianta, the co-sports editor of the Springfield Student. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris Gianta. You may know me as co-sports editor of the Springfield Student or host of Above Replacement Radio. Some episodes found on this network. Uh, But yeah, now we are able to delve into the world of the Springfield Student, which, uh, you know, a very good week, very good edition, very good first edition of the second semester uh, I would say both Carly and I wrote some st- uh, wrote a story uh, for this particular edition. Um, I think we had, I don't know, 12, 13 stories in total for the print. Um, and uh, I guess I'll start out by shouting out some people who are not on the air right now, but deserve some recognition. Uh, Joe, our editor in chief, actually had two stories this week. Uh, one in the news section, one in the sports section. Uh, he's in the news section. He had a column uh, about uh, Hoopal and how the 2022 team uh, for CUSJ at Hoopal was, um, you know, we kind of matched the bar that they had two years prior, or maybe even, I don't know, not to self-aggrandize, but we maybe hopped over it. <laughs> Uh, we, we had a, we had ourselves a good, a good weekend at Hoop Hall. So it was kind of a, uh, an article that was kind of a shout out to everybody, uh, in, in who was, uh, working Hoop Hall for, uh, CUSJ. And he also wrote a story on, uh, previewing the men's volleyball team where, uh, you know, he's talking about how 
the team in 2020. They were ranked number one in the country, and then the pandemic ended their season. In 2021, they did not make the tournament basically because they couldn't play enough games uh, because a lot of them were canceled due to, um, you know, positive COVID tests, uh, not necessarily from their team, but from other teams as well. Uh, so kind of finally men's volleyball, Springfield men's volleyball kind of getting a fair shot this year and maybe uh, getting their 12th national championship. Um, what are some, what are some other stories that maybe popped out to you uh, outside of, you know, our cell, our, our own uh, news stories? Yeah. So this week we definitely did a lot of previews for the winter sports. So we did one about the men's gymnastics team. We did one about the women's gymnastics team. We we did one about volleyball. Um, just because these sports are really starting to pick up and the winter season is in full swing. So personally, I wrote one about the men's gymnastics team. Um, I have covered them before. Um, and last year was very interesting because they did a fully virtual season. So they competed in, not in Blake, but in that building. But the team wasn't there. They did everything, not on Zoom, but it was kind of like a virtual platform like that. And that was very interesting to see. The motivation was definitely, I mean, I feel like they were motivated, but it was a different kind of motivation because they didn't have the competitors there. So it was completely new, very unique. Um, but the women's team did not have that because um, they couldn't find enough people who were interested. Um, but the men's gymnastics team is the only Division three program in the country this season which I found crazy. I did not know that, but I talked to the head coach, um, Matthew Davis, and, I mean, I was shocked. I mean, they are competing against Division One schools because there's no Division Two, and so they have to match up with these programs that have a lot more practice time, a lot more funding, a lot more presence in the sport, um, but they don't really see that as a problem. They kind of take that head on, and they really look forward to the competition. So, they are going to be competing in Blake Arena um, this weekend against Army. So that will be a great meet, uh, very competitive. Um, but the team is looking good. They have a lot of underclassmen um, that are from all different parts of the country, even the world. One guy is from Germany. Not sure how he ended up um, on Springfield College campus, but um, he is going to be a huge impact on the team as well. So I'm excited to cover them. They're always fun to watch, um, and now they're able to compete in person fully for the first time in a long time. Uh, yeah, I found that fascinating when I was uh, reading it, that there's only 15 programs now in the country. And I just know from classes, like there's one particular class where someone was from uh, Louisiana, and they were and the professor was wondering like you know what brought you to Springfield and he was like it's one of the only like there's a it was one of the only men's gymnastics teams so I feel like uh like the scarcity of men's gymnastics programs have made maybe Springfield more of a hotbed uh for for the sport um yeah for the sport and yeah I think that's uh yeah that was very very interesting to see and I feel like you know competing only against division one programs is going to kind of rise their level uh potentially so that's uh pretty interesting and yeah we we also as you mentioned previewed women's gymnastics uh first time in 686 days they competed um this past weekend i believe 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colin Atwood wrote a story about that. One of the uh, special projects editors for the student. Um, And uh, one thing I'll shout out before my article, which was, you know, just a, just a little one pager, but uh, a good article also this week was uh, Hayden Choate who had, uh, who had a two page story on the historic start that the Springfield college women's basketball team is, uh, you know, just, just had, they started the season 16 and 0. uh, unfortunately Wednesday night that came to an end. Uh, they only lost by four though. It was a very, very tight game where they, uh, where they lost by four points and, and yeah, and, you know, now they're still 16 and one, they're still ranked, I believe ninth in the country overall, uh, in division three, which is something that the program has never done. Uh, and they're, they've just, you know, continued success. And what stood out about that article was, uh, all the people he was able to talk to and all the things that they had to say, they seem to have a lot of team camaraderie, um, seem to have a lot of team camaraderie there. And, uh, definitely you know you you can kind of tell why they are a 16 and 1 team based off of you know how they kind of how they really care about each other truly um so those were the sports stories um the news stories were probably a little more unfamiliar with because we're not news editors we're sports editors but uh there was there was some very good uh very good content produced there uh Garrett Cody had a story about um, Springfield's new plan for solving food insecurity. Kate Kemp had a two-page story on uh, sport management's role in hoop hall, which was, you know, a very, very significant thing, uh, as it always is. Uh, Jacques St. Jean had a good article about the uh, booster or the vaccine and booster clinic that happened uh, at Spring on Springfield College campus, as you know the that is being required by or the booster shot is being required by March 1st of this year for Springfield College student and faculty um and I believe Brady Cote or Cote is it Cote Brady Cote yeah. Brady Cote um had an article on the uh regulations of COVID as the semester continues um here on campus uh but my article i actually like this was you know sometimes you know we both can agree you kind of don't say it out loud sometimes you take stories that you're not super passionate about this was one where i was like i was like pretty pretty invested here with the uh i did an article on the iron sports club which is uh it is funny like it's you know they're in the they're in the basement in the varsity weight room, but like the figurative figuratively, they're also kind of underground. I would say like, it's not, it's uh, just kind of a club where, you know, people meet and they uh, try to uh, accomplish their goals. Basically. Yeah. Three nights a week, they have the varsity weight room. Um, They work on basically fitness goals. Uh, A lot of it is emphasized on powerlifting and Olympic style weightlifting. Um, and Olympic style weightlifting is definitely emphasized there because you can't do that at the wellness center. Um, you can't do like, uh, those types of exercises because of, um, you know, that could 
damage equipment if you, you know, do it properly, uh, which I talked about. And yeah, I had the pleasure of talking to uh, Cassidy Thompson, Aiden Howell, and uh, Carlo uh, Frunzi- uh, Frunzio. I don't know if I'm getting that correct, but they are the three leaders in that club. Um, you know, they. I went in. I had the pleasure of going in for about 20 minutes to one of the lifting sessions and you can kind of tell the the camaraderie there you know there's regular people that there there are people who regularly go uh to that to that club and you know go go and you know try to accomplish their goals uh each each one of the leaders are very invested uh you know in their own goals i saw on the I did see on their Instagram that like Aiden and Carlo have both done, you know, have both competed in like lifting meets. So they're heavily invested. Uh, You know, a lot of the members are also heavily invested. And yeah, it was very, it was very cool to see. I didn't know a a whole lot about it, but uh, I'm glad I am. And, you know, they're definitely uh, looking to grow and I think they're taking the steps to grow. You know, I, I was there and uh, Carlo actually had, um, this really nice camera and I kind of asked him about it and he was like, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, boost up our social media game. So he's definitely, you know, they're definitely taking the, taking the steps to improve them, to, uh, improve themselves, improve the club, grow the club. Um, because, uh, yeah, it does, it deserves to be grown for sure. So shout out to the iron sports club, uh, on campus. Um, that's really all I have to say on, uh, on campus media this week anything anything else coming coming to mind yeah well i think the iron sports club is a great opportunity because i think that a lot of women especially kind of have feels of like going into the uh the wellness center especially like the forced floor right which is usually dominated by men and i actually was there with one of my friends yesterday and we were like oh yeah we can't go on the fourth floor because we feel like objectified in a way like because everyone just like stares at you and just like a weird kind of concept and so I think that the iron sports club is a great opportunity for everyone to be involved in a community where it's very inclusive and I think also a lot of people don't know where to start when it comes to fitness like they want to be in shape they want to be healthy but they don't know how to start and so I loved when I was reading your story about how they help create plans for you for your fitness goals and I think that can be awesome because having that accountability um can really like jumpstart your fitness yeah that's that's one thing i forgot to mention too it's a very yeah it is you know i i don't mean this like backhandedly but like surprisingly inclusive like there's you know when i went in there were like a group of people kind of doing like you know lighter exercises resistance bands uh like some kettlebell kettlebell swings things like that and then you had you know your you know big like clean and jerk you know like almost you know 200 pounds just being lifted up into the air um so there's like a variety of ways people accomplish their fitness goals um and yeah like 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 it was said in the article they kind of divide and conquer like uh cassidy uh does more of the general fitness getting stronger maybe more beginner level um training and then you know if you want to be doing you know the the crazy stuff that's when you get with uh with Carlo and and Aiden and yeah like it it was a pretty and yeah there was a pretty even divide of like men and women like uh I'm trying to 
remember. Like it was like almost half and half, I think. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, there were, there were women too on the, you know, doing like the Olympic style weightlifting too. It wasn't just, they weren't really, uh, set to one different thing. They were kind of doing everything. So yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely cool to see as well. Yeah. And I really liked how this week we definitely had a lot of, um, sports about, no, not sports, stories about women's sports, which I always love, especially Hayden's story. I think that for a long time on the Springfield College campus, like the focus has been on the men's basketball team because of Jake Ross and Heath Post and how good they were. And so obviously love to see that, like love to go to their games. But now the narrative is kind of shifting where the women's basketball is kind of getting um, a spotlight, which I love as you know, a women's sports fan. Um, and the men's basketball team, it's still great, but they're definitely in a rebuilding kind of phase yeah. and development. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the the women's basketball definitely has the spotlight right now on uh, on the Springfield College campus for sure um, with how they've just been performing and winning. And, you know, even in the game they didn't win, it was very, very close. And it was a very, very good, you know, MIT team, which, you know, seemingly in every sport they're like at the top of the new Mac. So, you know, nothing to hang their hat on. Also a road game, you know, forgot to mention that. Um, all right. Anything else involving uh, Springfield College student media? No, uh, I think we're good. Yeah. So if you want to be caught up with, um, you know, the Springfield, with particularly the Springfield student, um, go to the Twitter. I believe it is SPFLD and then student on twitter and uh inst- inst- the spring, yeah. and then yeah inst- oh yeah the spfld student and then on instagram i believe it's just the springfield student right uh if uh, if i'm not mistaken because there's not really a character limit there um so go to those platforms you'll be updated on all the stories that no nope, instagram's do. the same thing instagram is yeah the spfld student um so yeah, get caught up on that. Um, you know, I know I'm not too involved in it, but our our promotion is very very good. Not to uh, with, with the Springfield student, not to you know toot our own horn, but we do a very good job. Um, and uh, along with that, yeah, scstudentmedia.com to see to see all of that, and uh, also you know just subscribe to Birthplace Studios for sure. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Uh, check that out. All right, so that should do it, and uh, we hope to see you next week.